What the fuck is up, everybody? Welcome to the Great Earth Podcast. One half of your favorite fat duo here, as always, with the other half, Mr. Austin Rawlson. Austin, buddy, how in the hell are you, man? I'm doing good. It's officially springtime. Got the air conditioner hooked up. It was 80 degrees in Denver yesterday. Woo! Yeah, dude, it was fucking... It was massively hot. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. Dude, it snowed a little bit this morning up here in Littleton. I walked outside yeah, and I was like, son of a bitch. There was like four inches of snow on the ground currently in uh, Castle Rock. Yeah, I wasn't a fan, but it stopped. And like when we got to like Denver, it basically just disappeared. So, yeah, we had nothing up here. So, that's good though. I thought it was going to snow again. I was like, dude, come on. No, not again. Like, we're almost there. Like, please don't do this. <laughs> well, they say March. March. Yeah. Uh, the snowiest days of the month of the year. Yeah. The snowiest dude. months of the year. Fucking crazy. So, uh, shit, man, I thought we'd spend time talking about Hollyweird, um, or Hollywood, I call it Hollyweird. I just thought, you know, we should, uh, let's talk about, like, the golden age of cinema, the the new age of cinema, we'll talk about it all. What I mean is the history of Hollywood in general. The reason I wanted to talk about this is because I read an article today that, like, caught me off guard, and uh, I don't remember who it was by, I just know that it was pretty entertaining even though this person was clearly a leftist so i was like whatever you know but i still thought it was an entertaining piece i was sitting there reading it and it was like hollywood and the golden age of cinema or american cinema was very sexist towards women misogynistic uh nihilism blah 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 like um just different shit you know stuff that's been a hot topic for these like today I thought we'd talk about it because you and I both love movies. And I'm a movie fucking geek, man. I love all types of cinema. But I really want to dive into it because these are hot topics that a lot of people don't talk about, like, in the media or even in podcasts. It's always, like, their favorite movie. They never really talk about their favorite era. My favorite era happens to be the Golden Age, which is, like, mm, early shit, like Casablanca and... You know, like, way before the 60s. 60s was cool, but that was, like, the new age or whatever. But, shit, I thought, you know, we'd talk about all the cool shit, like, Frank Sinatra, he was a singer and in movies. Elvis Presley, same thing. These were all, like, this is a great time period, in my opinion. But a lot of people shit on it and slander it because of how things were. They forget, keyword, that's how things were. That's why these movies are the way they are. But you never hear any talk about it, like, in a positive light. So I thought, you know, we would just dive into that. But first and foremost, I thought I'd ask you, um, what is, what's your favorite era? Do you have a favorite era of movies, like cinema? Is it now? Is it 90s? Um, is it new age? All that shit. You know what I mean? If you have to, well, pull this shit up. Before we get immediately into that, first of all, y'all, you, we're talking about Hollywood. We got to quickly address the most talked about story of the week involving Hollywood. That's why I wanted to bring that up. Yes, we were going to get to that. Let's do that now. So look, I'll put, let me just, uh, if you haven't heard the story by now, I'm sure 
You could say you're living under a rock. Yeah, so Austin, go ahead and fill them in on what exactly happened, and then we'll we'll break it down and discuss it, like what we think about it. So at the Oscars, Chris Rock was hosting the uh, was um, Chris Rock was doing a monologue in front. He was making fun of people, and then he went and made fun of Will Smith, and then uh, Will Smith's um, wife, who cuckolds him all the time, um, is sitting next to him. And um, he makes a joke about her hair because Jada Pinkett Smith has shaved hair. And he said she looked, he pretty much said that she looks like G.I. Jane 2. Like she's going to be a star in the movie G.I. Jane 2. Um, Chris, which is a funny joke. It's a funny joke. It was fucking hilarious. Chris Rock is a funny dude. But Will Smith gets up and smacks the crap out of Chris Rock. And Chris Rock is all like, yo, Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me, dude. And you could see him for just a moment get ready to just wind up and load on him. Well, Um, dude, he looks like shocked. He's like, wow, bro, really? Even says, wow, dude. And then he goes, then he goes, he gets ready to kind of start roasting him. And then you, you can tell in his ear, they're screaming, Chris, Chris. Chris, please, no, God, don't do it to him. Chris, run live on television. Please don't destroy this man. Like, don't and do so, it, yeah. And you see Chris go, I could just, I could say, it was a G.I. Jane joke, dude. And, and he got all pissed off about it. But it's been pretty split. Like, who's who's right, who's wrong here right. in the situation. It's been really, really interesting. But, Jim, my thing that really, first of all, Chris Rock is a man. If you watch this, Will Smith winds as far up as he can and open open hand smacks, almost knocks him off his feet. And Chris, Chris Rock, Rock took it, dude. Took it, <laughs> he has a chin of steel. And just kept going. Like nothing. He was like surprised at first. Had a little bit of um, like back and forth with it. And it just kept going. Like nothing happened. I was like, Chris Rock's a man. Oh yeah, dude, he took it like like it was nothing. He just took it, and went okay, all right. Let me calm down for a minute. But I was listening. I was listening on um, TV. There's a comedian online. He's so funny. He was talking about like if if Will Smith got that angry at that joke, then he better not listen to these. And he's like, Yo, Will Smith smacked him with the same smacked him. His hand was just like. His Will Smith's hand was just like Will Smith's marriage. It was open, but he wishes it was closed. <laughs> Dude, for real. My favorite was the meme that somebody like screenshotted Jaden Smith going, and that's how we do it. And somebody <laughs> blows like, this is how August did it. And it's, it's a plunger <laughs> fucking the ball. Then, then, then there was a, then there's when the guy goes, and then uh, Will Smith ended up getting, getting to take home an Oscar. Oscar meaning the award, not a Mexican man to screw his wife while he watches. <laughs> Bro, seriously. And, like, I got to say, I was shocked by Jim Carrey's take on this. Jim Carrey's take is so good. It's accurate. Yeah, you're like, this is 100%. So, I didn't even think about that. Like, He's like, I am disgusted. If you didn't see Jim Carrey's, it's so good. Jim Carrey's. I was absolutely disgusted at the way this, at the, at the standing ovation and stuff. If there's anybody yeah. else that had been hauled out. Oh yeah. Um, he goes, That's a he made, me re- he made me realize that maybe us in Hollywood, maybe we're the bad guys. 
It's like, oh my God, Jim Carrey had Jim Carrey. Did Jim Carrey swallow the red pill? <laughs> yeah, Jim Carrey's normal all of a sudden. Like, dude, I was, I was shocked. I was waiting for him to go. I have nothing to say. Like, okay, look, okay. Now that we know the story, let's get into um, our opinions on it. Mine is this: Will Smith is clearly in the wrong. That's assault. That's straight up assault. And Jim Carrey had a point. This is going to affect Chris Rock's career in some way. Maybe not entirely, because Chris Rock has basically done it all. He doesn't have to do anything. But this is going to be around forever. That's what Jim Carrey said. It's the truth. It's a video yeah, that's he, fucking everywhere. Yeah, he, Jim Carrey said that if, it was me immediately after that show's over. I I'd have fucking ate him, dude. For $200 million. Chris Rock did the right thing, though, because... Yeah, it sucks getting smacked like that, like basically looking like a bitch in public. But he did the right thing because, A, if he'd have done something, then it would have turned into a fucking lawsuit. We already know that. That would have been more to the story. It would have been a hassle, and that's why he's not pressing charges because he's like, dude, I'm not letting this ruin me. And that's that's what everyone has said so far about how he attended the after party with Will Smith. They were like, Chris Rock is just like whatever. And I'm like, well, that's the best way to be. Let's just say, fuck it. We'll figure this out later. Supposedly they have. Supposedly they already talked about it. But I got to say, Chris Rock has my respect because he did the right thing. If it were me, I'd have fucking ate the dude. Fucking men in black or not, dude, I would have ate you. Like, you hit me. We're both going to jail. Like, I would have snapped, dude. Like, he, he took it like a man and was just like, all right, whatever, dude. Like, that was a bit uncalled for, but okay. Will Smith is clearly in the wrong, dude. And I've never liked Will Smith as a person. I've always thought he was a shitty person because I don't have any respect for an actor that is only in this shit for money. I get it. you got to make a living. But do you know how much money that guy makes, like, per movie? He doesn't need money. That's some bullshit, dude. I don't like actors that are like that. I love the ones that are like, I want to do this. I love doing this. Fuck, I'll take a pay cut if it means getting this role. That's an actor to me. Somebody that clearly cares about fucking money and is big enough of a bitch to let his wife fuck everybody and then defend her honor is retarded, dude. Like, that's the dumbest thing ever. After that shit came out with um, his wife and shit and how she was like, oh, it was an entanglement, and she accused him of all this shit, and, like, he would have known had he have loved her. Like, dude, she's a fucking... That bitch is person. psycho. Yeah, that's a bitch, yeah. dude. Like, and, and she's you evil. Can see, you can see how she has systematically destroyed Will Smith. She broke that motherfucker, dude. I understand the it. meme that everybody was posting where, like, I swear on my life, I would turn into O.J. Simpson before I ever turn into Will Smith. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and here's the thing. It's like, this is why we're going to get, I'm going to get a little preaching here for a second. If you're Do listening it. To this, this is why it is so important that you marry a good woman because a bad woman will destroy you. That's will 100%. absolutely destroy you. Look at this dude, man. This was clearly because of her. I don't think he would have done that if their relationship was in a different place. And you know what? People can get mad all they want. It was a joke. I didn't see in any way how it was harmful. A, a it was a good joke. B, whether you think it's funny or not, you do not get to uh, hit somebody over a joke. You don't get to assault comedians because they make a joke you don't like. Secondly, you as a group of people 
sat on the front row of the Oscars. Get that, guess what happens to people in the front row of the Oscars? Every single, every award show, they get made fun of. That's why the front row's there. You made a cognizant choice to sit in the front, knowing that Chris Rock, who made his living roasting the snot out of people, was going to be on stage. If you're too sensitive, you're too much of a pussy to deal with it, you should have sat in the front row, you freaking little plot monkeys. Well, whether he got offended or not, you handle that in your own time, too. That's a private matter. He could have pulled yeah. him aside and went, hey, bro, look, I love you, but that was fucked up. Like, that really hurt my feelings. They could have done that, not fucking get up and go smack him. That is clearly a sign that she has him by the balls. She has destroyed this dude. We see it in the fucking tears in that show where they sat down and he's, like, explaining everything. And he's just dying. You're like, dude, this horrible person has destroyed this dude. But, yeah, regardless, I thought it was a funny-ass joke. There's so many people right now that are like, oh, that's not funny. It's a real disease. Like, yeah, no shit. But... You have to make light of a situation. Chris Rock didn't. Chris Rock also did not know that she had alopecia. Yeah, and dude, it was a clever joke. It was more of a loving joke because people don't know this, but Chris Rock and Will Smith are actually pretty close. They're like not necessarily buddies, but they respect each other. And that was clearly just a joke coming from a good place. He was just making he was making a funny joke. It wasn't like he was trying to tear her down and destroy her character. It was a joke. Like, that's what he says. And he's like, dude, it's a fucking joke. It would have been different if he was literally insulting her to be a piece of shit. And he wasn't. They do that shit to be funny. There's, It's just like those roasts, dude. Those are meant to be funny. That is literally yeah. people going up there to roast people because they love them. Because they look up to them. Like, that's just them being funny. There is no, except there's like nothing about this that's acceptable on Will Smith's side. He is wrong. He should lose that Oscar. He's not going to because of the fact that this will turn into because he's black, which is funny, by the way, because they're both black. And there was a comedian that was like, dude, I think this is the first time black on black violence has been polarized. <laughs> and I was like, yes, dude, it really is. This is like one of the first times we're like, oh, shit, there's no white person involved here. But he's going to keep that Oscar. And tell me not, because look at Harvey Weinstein. The dude raped like 54 women or more, still kept his Oscars. There's no way Will Smith is losing that Oscar. Everyone says he is. I highly doubt it, dude. He's going to get away with the Scott fucking clean. Oh, it's annoying. And one of the more disgusting things that happened was that Will Smith then goes, gets his freaking Oscar, and then goes and stands up there and says, this is what Richard Williams would have done, and defended his family. After fucking, wow, yeah. He didn't even apologize to Chris Rock until after the fact. Richard Williams comes along and goes, yo, dude, that's not what I'd do. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, no, I don't do that. (laughs) uh, Richard Williams is Serena and Venus Williams' dad. Right. Greatest female athlete of all time, Serena Williams. But yeah, like, that's fucking, you don't hit, you don't get to hit a person because they made a joke about you. There's a difference between someone talking shit to you and just telling a joke. Because, dude, let's be honest. If he was trying to insult her, he would have come up with something better that wasn't a joke. He would have been like, you're a piece of shit. That's not a joke. (laughs) Definitely. I know Chris Rock had like 12 um, jokes just locked in once he got smacked about their marriage and how he gets cuffed all the time. And the people on the microphone in his ear were like, Chris, God, please, please don't do it to him. Well, like, 
think about this. He's got to look at it as his job, too. He's like, fuck, I'm working right now. I can't just go beat the living shit out of this guy. Well, the thing is, Chris Rock would have beat the snot out of I want. I wanted to see Chris Rock absolutely tear roll. him apart. Just tear him apart. All kinds well, of like, well, yeah, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, more like this Fresh Prince from some other dude on your wife's behind. And bro, Chris Rock is from the streets. Like he grew up in the hood. And then so people, are, people, are very different really, personalities. People are starting to get really upset now because. Um, Chris Rock uh, a couple a couple um, months ago went on Dana Carvey's podcast and they talked about how when Chris Rock was a kid he was because he was so small he was like severely bullied really bad they get the snot yeah. out of him all the time at one time he got so upset that um he, he brought a brick to school and put it in his backpack and when a bully came up to him to try to hurt him again he took that brick inside his backpack and beat the bully until he was unconscious yeah i heard about that dude that shit was crazy and that's why like i was amazed by the whole thing i'm i got a lot of respect for the dude for holding back and apparently chris rock said like hey i've talked to my um therapist about this spent a lot of time in therapy and we've talked about it. it's like i am afraid to get angry again because i'm scared that i could do that again to somebody and so now you even see people who are like super on Will Smith's side start to hear all the stuff from Chris Rock and hear that he didn't know he had alopecia and that he had this history and stuff. And even a bunch of people who were uh, behind Will, Will Smith are now shifting sides pretty quickly to um, Chris Rock. Chris Rock's side. Well, yeah. I would. I mean, dude, honest to God truth, whether you agree with the joke or not, what Will Smith did was fucked up. You don't you just don't do that. And he did break code. He did break the code of conduct there too. I mean, never really have we ever seen a fucking actor strike another actor before on stage like that. And if we did, it was staged. And a lot of people think this was staged. And I, I was that for a minute there. I was like, I think this shit's fake. But if you watch it over and over, you're like, nah, this is pretty real. There's a, this is definitely not planned. Especially when he goes back and starts screaming at the top of his lungs. You know, he's like, keep your wife, <laughs> keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Well, I saw this meme where he does that, and then somebody put on there, keep your wife's mouth off all them dicks. And I'm like, he should have said something like that, dude. That would have been fantastic. And I, and I really do. I really think he was winding up, ready to do it until, uh, but I'm telling you, there, I can guarantee you in his ear, Chris, God, Chris, please don't, Chris, please. Dude, seriously, Daniel White needs to contact Chris Rock right away. I have a feeling he'd make it in the UFC. Like, that was a fuck. Because Will Smith didn't just smack him. He smacked him like an abusive man would smack a bitch for not cleaning the dishes, dude. Like, he went, you going to not clean the dishes, bitch? I'm like, dude, he fucking. Chris so Rock got bitch slapped, dude. He wound up and got him. But yeah, it was Google, hardcore. you need to explain something to me, okay? I looked up Chris Rock because I wanted, uh, wanted to see if he said anything. Did his first comedy special tonight. We're, guy, we're recording this on Wednesday, by the way. Uh, his first comedy uh, special tonight. And uh, I want to see if he'd said anything about it. And people also search for John Wilkes Booth, Kermit the Frog, and Miss Piggy. Why, Google? Why is John Wilkes Booth also searched for when searching for Chris Rock? Right, like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, dude, some of the weirdest shit has popped up. Like, even Daily Wire covered this, and I was shocked. I was like, wow, they never really get involved in media stuff. They're they're deeming it the slap heard around the world, which is, like, 
kind of offensive to WCW, but whatever. Like, it was a real slap. It was whack, dude. Like, and what's funny is, dude, I didn't watch the Oscars because I haven't watched it in like 10 years, dude. The Oscars blows. Like, who the fuck watches the Oscars? Well, anyway, I'm getting ready for work. And Chanel's like, did you hear about what happened last night at the Oscars? And I was like, no, I went to bed. Like, I didn't, I don't read the news, dude. I have to like find shit on Facebook and then look it up and be like, what is this about? You know what I mean? I, I don't on, actually like keep up with anything. I was on Twitter and Chris Rock was um, trending, and I've loved Chris Rock ever since. Everybody hates Chris. Well, we did our commentary on the movie yeah, he was in the other night. Yeah, I was like, "What yeah, the we, fuck?" <laughs> Came full circle. And so I was pumped. I was like, "Oh yeah, um, Chris Rock's new um, comedy special is supposed to be coming out here in a few months. Maybe it's coming out live." I got excited. Open it up, and all I watch is Will Smith walk on stage and just. Boom! Everybody goes, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. I was like, that looked like a real slap, dude. I don't think this It looked straight. and sounded real, yeah. That looked like a straight-up slap. So, I mean, I think it's real. I doubt it's staged because I think they would have came out by now. Like, yeah, that was fake, by the way. It's just, it was a little bit to get numbers up. It did get numbers up, though. Chris Rock was right. That was the most uh, amazing moment in history. <laughs> like, television it history. Made, and it made Chris Rock so much money. Oh, yeah, you know he made a killing doing that. That's why a lot of them do host those things. They make a killing. Because if you ask me, hosting the Oscars is like the shittiest thing ever. I'd rather just be in movies. I don't. Even, I wouldn't even want to go to an Oscar ceremony, dude. Like, I wouldn't be there to accept an award if I ever won one. Because those just are so stupid. Like, Oscars, Academy Awards, all that shit. As much as winning one of those things is a good on, is like a good on your fucking resume type of deal, those are basically cult clubs that's just a bunch of celebrities yeah. getting little goldy tree baggies and shit and lecturing about, um, you about trans shit even though they came in a limo well the also the big thing that um is the other place he made a bunch of money after this event happened tickets for his show just jumped incredibly just in just soared in price like, it was, like, 50 bucks to go see him as the cheapest ticket. And the cheapest <laughs> ticket's, like, 400 500 Yeah, I was going to say, that's because you know he's probably going to say something. I would be shocked if he doesn't, dude. Even if him and Will Smith squash this, he's probably going to say something about it. He's going to talk about it, make jokes about it. That's the best thing he could do is actually turn this around on Will Smith and make a joke out of it. Ignoring it's not going to help him much. It's the smart thing to do because it shows that he doesn't give a fuck, but... He's got to make light of this somehow. Like, he's got to be like, oh, yeah, I got smacked by a bitch. And, uh, like, something along those lines, like, man, like, yeah, he smacked me pretty hard, but I thought my kid hit me or something. Like, he's got to, like, turn this shit around, or he's got to fucking tear apart now, Will Smith's he started, wife. He started, um, he officially started his first tour tonight, Wednesday night. Um, and, he opens the show by, so guys, how'd your weekend go? <laughs> so anyone else could slap? And he's like, guys, I'm honestly still kind of trying to figure out and processing what the hell happened. <laughs> well, it's shocking. Yeah, you're like, whoa. That's some straight-up violence on screen. It was a violent act, dude. And Will Smith usually isn't like that. But, like, look at his family, dude. I understand why he's so fucked up. Look at his family. His son's a piece of shit. His daughter's off the fucking whales, off the whales, right wagon, whatever. And his wife is insane. 
She is the definition of a fucking. I don't. I don't really like using this word because it does kind of sting a little bit. She's a cunt, dude. Like that bitch is a cunt. I'll say it. She's gross. I don't like women like her at all. That is a person that you avoid. And then, oh yeah, I love my bald head. I'm sorry, bitch. Put a wig on. And you know what? I'm just going to drop an N-bomb. <laughs> I try hard not to because I've listened to past episodes. I'm like, dude, i got to stop saying the N-word freely. But I'm going to say the N-word right now. Do you know what happened when Will Smith hit him? That's probably the first time in Chris Rock's life that he was like, nigga. <laughs> you hit me? Because <laughs> he probably was like, you know, I should back away from the N-word a little bit. A little unprofessional. Fucking dude smacked him. And he was like, oh, hell no. He looked kind of fired up. Yeah, one of my favorites is he just goes, I could just... Stops himself, yeah. it's. Well, he could destroy Will Smith's fucking life right there with jokes. But he's a smart man and is like, I'll just wait. I think he's going to get him back, dude. There's no way he's just going to be like, I'm going to let it slide. No, he's going to do something. Maybe they'll squash it. Like, they said they've already talked about it, but that could just be... Their analysts talking for them and shit. You know how to like that little apology that Will Smith brought up. That was very much not written by him. Um, that was probably suggested by his manager. That's usually how those things go. I think it's fake. That whole thing is real, but his apology is fake. Will Smith has always been a piece of shit in my mind. What sucks though is I love his movies, dude. Like I love Men in Black. I love Fresh Prince of Bel Air. It sucks. It's like a, I'm at a crossroads. I'm like, damn, this is fucking bullshit. I hope Chris Rock gets him back, though, in some way. Some sort of justice needs to be given because that shit's so fucked up. And it's not fair, dude. Like, they're st- giving him a standing ovation and shit. Jim Carrey was totally right. He's like, that shit is gross. No one yeah. did nothing. He goes up there talking about how God put him here to be a good person, and he gets a standing ovation. And he's got to have Bradley Cooper... And fucking Tyler Perry calm him down because he's so upset over what happened. But he's got his fucking Oscar that looks just like his wife's bald ass. <laughs> Dude, I don't like that woman at all. She's crazy. She's always been crazy, too. Like, You know what, though? They're human beings just like us. It's only a big deal because they're celebrities. They're human beings. It is what it is. But yeah, that shit was a... That was insane. I hope something comes of it. And you know it's going to be the focal point for a while. Who'd have thought all it would take is a slap for the Oscars to shoot up in numbers. It shot up a lot. Like, it still isn't that relevant because the Oscars have been down for a long time. But that shit is a hard-hitting story. I wonder if if Joe Rogan talked about it yet on a podcast. I got to look this up. I love when people talk about it. Yeah, I know, I know Joe Rogan talked about it, I think, at some point. I See, Joe Rogan is That's what I love about him. Mm. I'm going to have to, like, look up his podcast because I haven't really been listening to him lately because he's got, like, people on that I haven't really cared for. So I'm like, eh. It's got to be, like, someone I care about for me to listen to it. Like, when he had Pauly Shore on, I was like, yes, this I can get behind. But when he's got some, like dude that's like an analyst for something i'm like yeah i don't really care I had a guy on recently that was he used to be like an analyst for facebook or whatever and i was like yeah it's still not that great 
Kind of what are you talking about? Like, all that shit. But yeah, um, that happened in Hollyweird. <laughs> God, celebrities are such a weird breed, though, man. It must be like a... It's got to be something to do with money, for sure. I think money makes them like that. Oh my God, dude. And then the fucking Instagram posts from every celebrity that was involved. They all had something to say, like, man, still recovering from last night. <laughs> <laughs> they just got traumatized. <laughs> but shit, man. Um fuck. Let's talk about uh let's talk about Hollywood a little more. Um you know so, Hollywood's not... your question. Yeah, go ahead. Your question was what is my favorite age? Yeah, uh, like, like Hollywood. Yeah. First of all, the golden age of Hollywood is the most overrated set of movies of all like of all time, most overly jerked off uh, piece of mediocrity of all time. Uh, the, the greatest age of Hollywood is New Hollywood from it's like you know late sixties to the early through the early nineties. Well, yeah, those Perfect. are so good too. I love those too because a lot of it is independent thinking and different, like. It's a new Hollywood's a big deal because of the fact that it's the first time that you have content that goes against societal norms. So it's very different. That's what makes it imp- uh, like kind of a cultural impact, in my opinion. Because you didn't have movies about people looking for hookers and shit like that, or people questioning their sexuality and you know whatever, like mafia. You really didn't have a lot of that in the golden age. I loved the golden age because man, it's just a beautiful time. Like. Movies are up and coming. The stars are beautiful. The stories are just fucking... No one's ever seen anything like it. It's so amazing. The movies have some of the best storytelling of all time. Like, I fucking love Gone with the Wind, man. That is a good movie. It's hard to sit through, though. Especially when you're someone that's kind of like me. I have a hard time with old movies because they're so grainy looking. They just... You can tell the age on them and they're hard to sit through. But then that makes me feel like I'm a little too privileged. Because I shouldn't judge a movie by how it looks. I shouldn't be like, oh, it has to be HD. Because that's a lot of people these days. I'm definitely one of them. I'm like, man, if it ain't UHD, I ain't watching it. But, like, if you can get past that, these are some good fucking movies. But, yeah, I mean, like, Golden Age is my favorite. I love New Age, though, because of all the shit that came with it. Like, Rosemary's Baby is a fantastic movie. That's a New Age film. You've never seen a movie about a woman that gets raped by the devil and has her fucking (laughs) antichrist. Like, that's a crazy fucking movie, dude. And, like, uh, God, what's another one? I was telling um, Chanel's sister about this. The Stepford Wives. Did you ever watch that movie? Um, Yeah, a long time ago. God, that's a crazy movie, dude. Because it, it definitely is, like, a message of lashing out to the societal norm of being a housewife. And how men can be evil. Like, it's a total fictional story, but, like, it has agenda in it, you know? Because people forget agenda goes all the way back to to the beginning of times. But those are movies you'd never seen before, and it's, like, so fucking eye-opening. Even some of the black and white ones that were pre-New Hollywood, like, uh, what's that movie? Uh, Children of the Damned or whatever about those these people that come to a fucking village. And it's got children that are, like, insane. They run the whole show. They're fucking evil. That's crazy shit for a black and white movie. It's, like, early 60s or some shit. Those are different types of movies. You didn't get those in the old days. The old ones, it was a lot of it was just romance flicks or stuff that had to do with the generation at that time, especially movies about the Great Depression and shit. 
those, in my opinion, are sad movies, but they're hard to watch because they're fucking long. They're really, really long, dude. And my biggest issue, too, is not just the way it looks, but how corny the acting is. But for some reason, it's like the golden age. It's the greatest time in Hollywood, at least around that time. I, I'd argue that now is a better time for Hollywood because we're so far advanced with uh, what we can do with movies. The issue is, is a lot of them are fucking terrible. Yeah. It sucks because we have such good, like, we have such good technology, dude. We have amazing equipment. We can make great movies. But we make really shitty movies for some weird reason. A lot of it does have to do, though, with the agenda that's still being pushed in movies. It changes every so often. Today's is very much the woke agenda and, you know, the right versus left. It's That's why I love fucking Daily Wire's product they've been putting out because a lot of it doesn't have lecture in it and that's what i'm looking for that's kind of you know that's why i've been turning towards that that's why i've been really like distant from disney and a lot of these companies that are pushing agendas and it's not just disney dude it's every it's almost every fucking company out there universal is a big woke ass corporation it sucks it's like dude i'm so tired of lectures and shit just put something creative out something that's like super uh, what's a good example? Ta- uh, taxi Driver, Robert De Niro. Did you ever see that one, Martin Scorsese flick? Yeah. That's a great movie. It One could argue it has an agenda in it about like PTSD and how we handle veterans and stuff like that, but it doesn't really have a lecture in it or an agenda of any sort, really. It's a movie that makes you think about mental health and stuff like that and how fucked up people can become over time when they're rejected by society, especially because they were a veteran and they can't get a job. Like it's pretty much like that movie Joker. Joker is definitely inspired by taxi driver, but you know, those are good movies. That's a content that makes you think. I love stuff that makes you think without shoving an agenda down your throat. I have a hard time listening to shows or movies that are like, Oh, uh, because of unconscious bias, Black people get murdered every day. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> and the reason, one of the big reasons I picked New Hollywood is there's a little bit of that, but not a lot. But I picked New Hollywood because it has my favorite year of all time for movies, and it may be the greatest year of all time for movies, 1987. What all happened in 1987? Because lethal I, weapon. Three Men and a Baby, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Um, the greatest movie of all time, Spaceballs. Uh, there's more. Um, well, I know that, like, no, No Way Out. Um, no Way Out's a good one. Fatal Attraction, Dirty Dancing, Good Morning Vietnam. Uh, Empire of the Sun, Full Metal Jacket, and The Princess Bride. That's 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 the ones from this list that I pulled up. 1987 was insane. Well, I always think of uh, 84 just because. Well, for one, it's something that everybody talks about. But you had like the Terminator, Once Upon a Time in America, Indiana Jones. Uh, well, it's the Temple of Doom, not necessarily the best one. You had Ghostbusters, and I'm around Elm Street, uh, Gremlins, Beverly Hills Cop, Karate Kid. Never Ending Story is kind of like a, eh, it's all right. 
Blood Simple, that's a crazy fucking movie. 16 Candles, The Killing Fields, Police Academy, believe it or not, 1984, uh, Romancing the Stone, Dune. These are a lot of, you know what's crazy though? You got to think about it like this, bro. I bet you those movies weren't that popular at that time. They probably made good money, but due to like all the nerds that jerk off to these movies, that's why they're so big now. How much you want to bet at that time they were just like, yeah, just movies every other day. Fucking new movies. It was great. Like, I really don't think it's as big as they're made out to be. But I always think of 1984 when I think of, like, good 80s flicks. But, dude, I love Lethal Weapon. RoboCop is hands down one of the smartest movies of all time. It's great. Have you ever seen that Netflix show, The Movies That Made Us? Um, Yeah. Well, they do one about RoboCop. And I actually didn't know any of this stuff, but how it was a project that was doomed to fail... And the director who did, like, Total Recall and Basic Instinct was just like, I fucking hate this. Like, it just wasn't working. I definitely looked up um, online what – I looked up to see what people think are the greatest year for movies. And this guy says it's 1994. Why? Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption, Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah. um, Not to mention movies such as The Lion King. Um, Dumb and Dumber, Edward, oh, yeah. Clerks, The Crow, True Lies, Legend of the Drunken Master, National Board Killer, um, The Mask were all released in 1994. Oh, my God. All good movies, too, man. Well, I didn't like Natural Born Killers very much, but I can see where people enjoyed it. That's this person way. says 1999, Fight Club, The Matrix, American Beauty, and Green Mile. Oh, fuck yeah. Dude, I just watched um, Green Mile the other night. Fuck yeah. Dude, I gotta tell you a story, dude. I love The Green Mile. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Tom Hanks is my favorite actor of all time. It's a good fucking movie. Dude, I got finally convinced my sister to watch this movie. And my sister, if you don't know who she is, she's extreme. I forgot Ghostbusters was 1984. Uh, but the um. The uh, my sister is a whole is an insanely emotional person. So I said we're gonna watch this movie, and she is going to ball her eyes out. She's going to have and spoilers for the Green Mile. If you ever watched the Green Mile, shut this off. Go watch the Green Mile. It's more important than this. Um, it's like old though. You should have seen it by now. Yeah. Anyway, continue. It's so good. But here the thing is, the um in the movie the. At some point, a guard steps on one of the prisoners' mice. Oh, that shit, is, that shit makes you cry, dude. My sister is bawling in tears. And she's like, they killed the mouse, the mouse. And then at the end of the movie, when freaking, uh, what is, what's that actor's name who plays the big guy? Uh, uh, Michael uh, Clark uh, Duncan. God damn it. I can't The Yeah, he died. A while back, but Michael Clark Duncan or something. I'll have to look it up. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's yeah, good yeah. fucking Michael Clark Duncan. You're right. Yeah, but he sits down in the chair and he goes, "Master, I'm tired." And he goes and he goes gets electrocuted. He starts to die. My sister is giggling while this happened. I'm like, slapper. "Are you a freaking insane person? You cried because the mouse died, but this dude died. This dude just died on on screen, and you were just fine with it." What is wrong with you? Dude, it's a good, like, that movie is one that makes uh, everybody cry, I think, once you've seen it. Like, oh, my, my kid. <laughs> this kid won't go to bed. Um, 
for me, I think what made me cry was when he dies. You're like, they're going to fucking let this happen? But he wants to. He's like, I got to go. This is kind of part of the... This is fate. And you're like, dude, this is fucked. This is the shittiest part of the whole movie. It's a great Stephen King novel, too, man. Most people don't know this. Stephen King wrote The Green Mile, and he wrote Shawshank Redemption. Both of them are directed by Frank Darabont, who also directed The Mist, another crazy Stephen King movie. Dude, The Mist, I, to this day, still has my biggest what-the-hell ending I've ever had in a movie ever. I was mad at first when it came out because that's not the ending in the book. But Stephen King said it best. He was like, dude, that ending is better than mine. And I was like, yes, it's so fucked up. You don't see it coming and you're like, son of a bitch. Like, you're mad, you're upset. Dude, you don't see it happening. And you're like, that is crazy. That's a crazy thing. We we can talk about The Mist is what, like almost 20 years old now? Well, it's like 2006 or seven, but it's fucking old, basically, by today's terms. The Mess movie came out in 2007, so not quite 20 years old yet. Um, it's 25 like, years old. I was gonna say that's a. It's pretty old though, like it's 15 years old. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the dude's in the car, and he's like, "Okay, everybody, just we're just gonna we're just gonna end it." Uh, and we his have whole family commit suicide. Yeah, he kills them all. Then he's going to like throw himself out to the mist and let the creatures kill him. The fucking military shows up and saves the day. And you're like, damn it. If you would have waited like, like one more minute. <laughs> dude, that's a fucked up movie. And dude, like throughout the movie, the people in it are insane. Like they represent what society would look like if we were in a join or die society. And the, what's her name? Uh, Marcia or Mar- Marcia Gay Harden. That's Harden. a weird, yeah. what a weird name, right? She is phenomenal in this movie. She plays Mrs. Carmody so well. When I read, after I saw the movie, I was like, that was her in the book. That's everything you envision from the book. She's crazy. Tom Jane is, um, I love Tom Jane. I'm going to give him a pass regardless. Uh, he's a little bit of a different interpretation compared to the book, but. And Andre Bauer's in that movie. I love oh, Andre Bauer. He's Super great. Underrated. And he, he is in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So freaking funny. He's so good. Fucking William Sadler's in that shit, too. And, like, dude, there's so many good actors in that movie. You're like, holy shit. And a lot of them actually returned to being Frank Darabont's uh, creation of The Walking Dead, which is an okay show. Um, I love zombies, but I'm really not a fan of the whole Walking Dead phenomenon. I think, like, the first three seasons are great. But, yeah, Frank Darabont made those, too. But it's funny because he made Shawshank Redemption and Green Mile. Both prison movies, both some of the greatest of all time. But my favorite prison movie, what has got you giggling? I looked at the mess because I wanted to see the reviews on IMDb. No, like, what the fuck? The summary is, the mess is full of scares, mysterious creatures, and the most messed up ending of any movie ever. It really is a traumatizing ending, dude. <laughs> if you guys People... have not seen the mess, the ending is so good. Just fast forward to the the end, oh, watch man. that, and you'll feel your heart just in your stomach. Oh, yeah, The Mist is what you would call a good horror film. That is a good horror movie. I love it, man. It's a good book, too. Like, I love Stephen King. I've never cared for him as a person, and I really wish he would say off Twitter, I don't want to know what he's like. But he writes some of the greatest tales of all time. 
that have become some of the cheesiest but greatest movies of all time. Fucking Pet Cemetery, man. That movie traumatized <laughs> me, dude. The book is fucked up, too, but that movie really fucked with me. It scared me. The new one's stupid. I hated the new one. Cujo is another one that fucked me up. Made me afraid of my dog. <laughs> dude, he writes the most crazy shit. Like, uh, this guy could make a movie, or I'm sorry, a book, all about a car that is haunted, a fucking vehicle. That sounds like the dumbest thing ever, right? Read this book and you are in awe. You're like, this is a great book. See the movie? Amazing. It was directed by John Carpenter, one of the greatest directors of all time. This guy can take anything and make it great. Because if you look at it in retrospect, these stories, they sound stupid. If you really look at it, you're like, this sounds like a dumbass story. And you read it and you're like, oh my god, this guy can make the world in this book come to life. The Shining is one of the greatest books of all time, too. A lot of people are kind of divided with the movie. I love it. It's nothing like the book. Stanley Kubrick, though, is a great director. That's a cool movie. It's fucking frightening. But the concept is so stupid. You're like, oh, my God. A fucking alcoholic gets possessed by demons and decides to murder his family in a fucking mansion. That sounds like some sci-fi horror bullshit. Then you watch it, and you're like, that's a <laughs> that movie kind of creeped me out a little bit. I think I threw up in my mouth. Just a tad when the lady comes out of the water all fucked up. That's a oh my god, man! Stephen King gave me nightmares. You know what, you know what movie we need to watch for one of our upcoming um, commentaries? Which one? Rush Hour. We should. I love Rush Hour, man. I didn't really care for the third one. Second one's pretty funny, but man, the first one is like gold. It's one of the greatest movies ever. I always tell people. At least watch the first one, dude. Jackie Chan is amazing as is, but Chris Tucker is awesome. So when you put those two together, dude, they just make like a masterpiece. And it's a movie that for its time, it made a lot of money, but it's not it's not what it is now, which has a following and is like a big movie that everyone talks about. It's a good movie though, man. I love Rush Hour. That's that's one. Um, I was talking to a buddy of mine, he goes Yo, have you ever seen that movie with Jackie Chan and Chris Rock? And I was You're like, Rush like, Hour? Jackie, I was like, wait, Jackie Chan and Chris Rock are in the same movie? He goes, yeah, they are. I was like, what movie is that? He goes, uh, 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 Rush Hour, or, um, yeah, Rush Hour. I was like, no, that's not Chris Rock. That's, that's Chris Tucker. <laughs> he was like, no, it was Chris Rock, I swear to God. I was like, it's not Chris Rock. I'm telling you that for sure. So we look it up, and I was like, they don't even look alike. Are you racist? Do you think all black people look alike? <laughs> oh, I am letting you know that your microphone is definitely muted. You were right. I was over here dying, and I didn't get any of it. <laughs> I keep muting it because, like, my fucking dryer is going off in the back, and I don't want people to hear it. It's embarrassing. But, uh, no, nah, dude, I fucking... Chris Tucker, man, like he's funny too. He's someone that kind of like disappeared for a while. I guess he's like a born again Christian. That's why he never did a third Friday and all that. But I love his movies, man. One thing I love, uh, it's Chris Tucker. He's only in it for like five minutes, but the Quentin Tarantino movie, uh, Jackie Brown, funny as hell, dude. Like he's in the beginning when Samuel L. Jackson basically has to execute him because he's afraid that this guy will rat 
him out to the cops. It's his little drug meal. And he's like, hey, I'm going to bail you out of jail. Let's go get some Roscoe's chicken and waffles. And he's like, first thing you got to do, though, is get in this trunk for me. And he's like, bro, you catch a motherfucker off guard, put him in the trunk like this. And he's like, all you need to do is get in this trunk. You get out when these Chinamen come up. You cock that shit. Let's know it's serious. And Chris Tucker's like, oh, my God. And then, like, he falls for it. He goes in the trunk. Right as he's in there, he's like, bro, I can't breathe. Fucking Jackson slams that thing down. He's like, hey, motherfucker, you just hit my goddamn motherfucking head. <laughs> like, dude. Oh, fucking, I love Chris Tucker. But <laughs> wrong wrong, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it's freaking so funny. But here, the thing is, I don't know if it's possible, but Jackie Chan may be one of the most underrated actors. Oh, yeah. Jackie ever. Chan's amazing. I love his job. Japanese. I love his foreign films, dude. Those are some of the best ones. Did you ever watch The Foreigner with Jackie Chan? Yeah, I did, actually. I loved it. That movie is so good. Oh, my God, dude. Speaking of fucking celebrities, did you hear about Bruce Willis? No, what happened? He's got a disease that fucks up his vocabulary, so he's officially retiring from movies. Uh, You got to look the shit up, dude. It's really sad. That's that's really bad. I didn't know you could screw his um, freaking vocabulary up even worse. Now he's down to second grade level. Yeah, no, dude. Like he's apparently it really messes with like your speech and shit. And so he's like retiring. His family announced it for him. And I was like, damn. I guess we really ain't getting another Die Hard movie anytime soon. My God, he's I forgot how old he is. He's old as fuck, dude. He's almost seventy years old. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? He's up there with Schwarzenegger, and then that's he doesn't even look that old because they look decrepit. Stallone and Schwarzenegger and Lundgren and all oh, those guys look you old. You looked at a recent picture of, of Bruce Willis, he looks like he belongs in a retirement facility. He looks like some dude's ball sack that just gave up. Like, I can't speak. <laughs> it's called aphasia, is what he has. Yeah. Um, the comments were that Bruce Willis's family says is effectively ending his acting career, is likely rare for him of a neurodegenerative condition that affects fewer than 200,000 people in the U.S. 67-year-old diehard actor Wednesday has been diagnosed with aphasia, a language disorder caused by brain damage. Oh, oh, oh. Oh! Yeah, he's like, yippee-ki-yay. But I'm not paying money for the Daily Beat. Yeah, no. Uh, If you have to pay to read it, no. I bet... I will not do that. The only thing I really pay for is Daily Wire. And the reason why is because I like their editorial pieces. I love some of the guys that do their shit. In fact, uh, Daily Wire, I was watching um, Adam Carolla's Truth Yeller series. Dude, it's phenomenal. It's really good. He's got like a – he had Patrick Warburton on recently. Then he had one with Dennis Quaid. I watched that. I love Dennis Quaid. Adam Carolla made a joke about him. He's like, you know, um, what do you say? He's like, you and Patrick Swayze – have been in, in so many movies throughout time, and you guys never cross paths. And he's like, no, it just, just never happened. And he's like, I don't get it, man. You're Dennis Quaid. Like, like, you've been in pretty much... You're that guy that's, like, in every movie ever made. And I was laughing, so I was like, that's true. Dude, Dennis Quaid's in a lot of shit. But uh, he had one with T.J. Miller on. I love T.J. Miller. He had Jay Leno. I'm not really a Jay Leno fan, but I enjoyed it. My favorite thus far, though, he had uh, Rob Riggle on who I, I didn't know was a like an ex-veteran and shit, dude. Like, I didn't know that he was a soldier in real life at one point. And I was like, man, that's that guy from fucking pretty much every comical movie. Like, I always remember from The Hangover. 
Shut that baby up. Shut that baby up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Step Brothers. I, I watched something from a long from a while ago that Rob Riddle's like an ex-Marine who like was in the in the first Gulf War or something insane. I feel so stupid. I said ex-veteran. That makes no fucking sense. <laughs> I'm sitting here rethinking Dude, this. I'm like, ex-veteran? You know, what the fuck? That's what a veteran you know, is. You know who else is extremely underrated? Hmm. Patrick Warburton. I love that guy. Oh yeah, dude. No, he was on a he was on Adam Carolla's Truth Yeller in an episode, and it was good. Like this shit's really good, dude. Like they just so it opens up with Adam Carolla doing like a little bit of stand up. Then he has his guest on. They do a few minutes of stand up together, just swapping stories, telling jokes. Then they play games where like basically there's a uh, you know how like in retirement homes or like at Bingo they have the stupid chamber that they crank and then they pull a ball out with a number on it. Yeah. Well, they do that, but they pull out a topic that people write, like woke, uh, Spotify, or just different things, and they have to talk about it together. And it's always so fucking funny. The one with TJ Miller is hilarious because Adam Carolla ends it with doing like a small segment called Truth Yeller, where he yells facts or at least opinions about like mandates and things that are going on. But he does it in the form of stand up. Well, in this episode, he's like, So TJ, usually the. Guest goes out into the crowd while I do this. He's like, nope, I'm going to sit here, and it looks like my burger's ready. So he sits there while Adam is doing his special, and he's literally just enjoying his burger while the dude's fucking <laughs> And I was like, dude, I love TJ Miller. He's so funny. And, like, you would think a young guy like that is very much on the woke side of things. He's really not. He's, like, cracking jokes about trans and stuff like that. And, like, I was shocked. I was like, man, they have some people on here that – you really wouldn't think like Dennis Quaid for sure. He he screams Republican, but it's a good show, man. It's worth checking out. I mean, I've even told you, hey, if you don't want to buy Daily Wire, I'll give you my login info if you want to look at that shit because they've got new content coming out that I love. Like uh, Matt Walsh has a, a documentary series coming out called What is a Woman? <laughs> and I can't wait to see that shit. So I was looking up, my God. I was looking up um, like Patrick Warburton's greatest moments, and there's a Reddit article about like what's the best line Patrick Warburton's ever said. And this one said, "Why don't we just take Bikini Bottom and push it somewhere else?" I had no idea that Starfish's last name was Warburton. <laughs> right, dude. <for> real. <laughs> no, dude. Like I love Patrick Warburton. He's very underrated. I loved him in that show. Um with david spade we've talked about it before yeah, uh um, rules of engagement rules of engagement yeah those two are why i enjoyed that show because in actuality that show is really stupid you, but you know have you have you listened to dana carvey and um david spade's podcast no i haven't but i've been wanting to because it sparks some I controversy either, i i just found out this i just found out um like today yesterday that it even exists so i think i'm definitely gonna have to watch it because it sounds awesome well the problem is there's so many podcasts dude like there's podcasts out there that i didn't even know existed like um i've told you about this before especially on the show but you know who freddie prince jr is right right he has a podcast called wrestling with freddie i didn't know that he used to be a consultant for wwe or that he was on the creative writing team so this podcast is about his time in WWE, and I was like, what the fuck? I didn't know this. My boss told me about it. He's like, 
Yo, did you know that Freddie Prince was once a writer? And I was like, I heard something. I didn't know he was actually a writer. I knew he was a wrestling fan. He's like, dude, he's got a podcast and everything. So I started listening to it. He's had Chris Jericho on. He's had Jeff Hardy on. He had Macaulay Culkin on, who's not a wrestler, obviously. But apparently they're both diehard fans. And it led me to another podcast that I'd never fucking heard of. It was, uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, damn it. Marty drawn a blank. Uh, uh, Lex Friedman, you know what I'm talking about? Um, he, uh, he's been on Joe Rogan's podcast a few times. I didn't know he had a show either, but there was an advertisement for it. And I was like, God damn, dude, there's so many podcasts. It's hard to keep up. I already have like 10 podcasts on my like playlist. That's like eight to like 14 hours altogether, dude. There's just too much. Yeah, I it's, definitely want to watch that Dana Carvey thing to see if it's any good. I bet you is. It's probably worth dropping in on. Like, podcasts are really great, dude. I love it's weird how popular they become, but they're so cool because it's like uh, listening to buddies talk, basically. Yeah, and it's great because I can I go on long drives. Like, sometimes I have like hour long drives for work and stuff. So it's good to just flip one on and have it playing while I'm driving down the road. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's what I love about them. I'll be at work and I'm bored. So I put one on and I'm like, okay, this is pretty good. But I won't lie, I have a really hard time listening to informative ones like Ben Shapiro. I love Ben Shapiro, but there's times where I just have a hard time tuning in on that shit. But it's because you get so tired of hearing about politics after a while. You're like, fuck, talk about something else. And those are very much politically driven podcasts, so you got to know what you're getting yourself into. But shit, man, uh, we have hit the end of the road here. Mostly because, uh, you know, I got to get up and do my job to keep the government off my back and shit. Uh, I'm sure you got to do the same. <laughs> Otherwise, um, stay tuned, folks. We're going to be doing another commentary episode that's coming up on Monday. If you like what you heard here and you would love to check out more, you can check out our backlog of episodes at the home base, baby. That is the greatgirthpodcast.com. Again, for all the deaf folks in the pack, in the back, the pack, the wolf pack, the gay pack. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> Bam. That is the greatgirthpodcast.com. I am Tony here with my buddy Austin. Austin, sir, I'll see you on Monday. Adios.